Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan, your official home of the Dallas Cowboys and Texas Rangers. With that in mind, right now we bring to you Texas Rangers left fielder, burgeoning superstar, and World Series champion, Evan Carter. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, how's it going? Well, we're doing great, and I know you've been rocking with this for a couple of months now, but how awesome is it to always know that you can be introduced as a World Series champion (laughs) until the end of time? Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to get old. (laughs) Well, how has the offseason gone? Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want your time. I know this Saturday you're signing autographs at uh, the Dallas Card Show. How has this offseason been different than your other offseasons? Yeah, you know, I think that um, aside from being, for good reason, a lot shorter, um, you know, this is just kind of the the first one that I've had to kind of condense everything down, you know. But, you know, it's been a ton of fun. Got to meet a bunch of you know, a bunch of new people and uh, have a whole lot of new experiences that I wouldn't trade for anything. So it's been a ton of fun. Have you been given like any, uh, any responsibilities to, to work on some things in this off season? Is that something that the boats talked about as y'all were leaving? Hey, this is what we need from you now. You know, I think it's definitely just something that you kind of take what you've already got and just try and improve on it. You know, you don't want to change as a player. You just want to kind of master what you've already got going for you, you know? So, Evan, I know if you go to your baseball reference page, you have the nickname Full Count Carter. But during the playoffs, they called you 3-2. Uh-huh. Also, when you got to second base, a lot of times you'd put the prayer hands up for the little savior. What nickname do you like or what nickname do you think is going to stick? You know, I, I think that the the whole little savior thing was like was kind of probably a one and done for the playoffs. Okay. Um or for just kind of getting called up right there. Um, you know, the full count Carter thing is pretty cool. I like that a lot. Um, everybody had said I've been called that since the minor leagues for forever. And I'm like, I don't remember that, but you know, it's a cool <laughs> one. Like I like it. <laughs> um, so whoever, whoever came up with that one did a good job. Are you going to stick with number 32? I know on some of like your minor league cards, you're not 32. So I was wondering if that number was just given to you or you pick that number or sticking with that number. Yeah, so I was uh, I was always number eleven coming up. Um, that's what I've you know in high school everything else. That's just what I've always been. That's what I've liked. Um, they just gave me thirty two. Obviously, you know Austin Hedges was number eleven, so I couldn't take that from him coming up. Um, so I got thirty two. I didn't get to choose that, but you know things went really really good with thirty two. So I think I'm going to stick with it. I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to stray off course from there i like it well plus if he switched jersey numbers they might start asking what the number is on your ass so you don't want that either i'm assuming the well i mean the three two uh, as we were talking about with the full count and everything what 
there's you see a lot of players that have been in the league for a long time that don't have as much patience as you do at the plate. And I'm just kind of curious where that comes from. Was that something you learned at a young age? Is there a certain set of rules that where you were like, this is how I uh, get the count to be in my favor all the time? Yeah, you know, I've just kind of, um, gosh, I guess ever since I've really in high school and, you know, travel ball, whatever, coming up through the minors, it's just been one of those things. It's like, hey, if if I don't feel like I can really do damage to this pitch, I'm not going to swing at it. And, you know, a lot of times if they nibble at the edge is good for them. But, you know, pitching's hard too. So, you know, if somebody makes three really good pitches in a row, you tip your cap. But, you know, the chances that they do do that, you know, it's not always going to happen. So I just, you know, wait for something that I feel like I can do damage to and, you know, just kind of be strategically picky, I guess, with what I'm looking for. I like it. In addition to tipping your cap for a good pitch, if it's a pitch that's a strike that maybe was not as good of a pitch, <laughs> I think we all noticed occasionally you will turn back at the ump. Do you say anything, or is just the turn good enough to voice your displeasure? Um, you know, I think that in the minor leagues, you know, I, I was around a lot of those umpires a lot because we always had the same, you know, couple crews coming through, and so you build a relationship with them, and you know, if I didn't agree with them, I'd tell them, I'd be like, hey, man, like I've got that a little bit outside right there or something. Um, and, you know, it's a respectful conversation that you want to have with somebody, but I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. I'm just going to tell them that I disagree with them, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I know as you go along further with the Texas Rangers, you'll develop more and more relationships. But Corey Seager, best hitter in baseball last year, arguably, he has a very different approach. Do you ever talk about uh, his approach and, and ask him questions about his approach at the plate? You know, I, I definitely do try and um, and pick his brain as far as kind of, you know, especially against lefties. I try and talk to him a lot about that. Um, somebody that I really like to talk to as far as approach and game planning and stuff was Nate Lowe because um, I feel like, you know, I really jived with him as far as, like, our mindsets hitting. Um, Corey is kind of a one-of-one uh, one type of hitter. Um, I don't want to necessarily say that what he does wouldn't work for other people, but it wouldn't for me. And obviously, gosh, I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best hitters in baseball. So I'm not sitting here <laughs> telling him what to do, but um, I definitely, you know, I like talking shop with Nate Lowe a lot. You were talking about, especially going up against left-handed pitching. I'm curious if you can walk us through any of the, your thought process or anything like that, that you will adjust with left-handed pitching going forward. Um, you know, I don't think there's really going to be any adjustments going forward. I mean, crap, I had like 10 at-bats against lefties in the big leagues last year. So I didn't really – there's not really a sample size for me to say, hey, I need to change something because I didn't get a chance to really do anything against them. Um, and in the minor leagues and stuff, you know, I didn't I didn't change anything really against them in the minor leagues. Um, just maybe might be a little bit more aggressive than I would be against righties, you know, not be as picky. But other than that, I mean, there's nothing really to change. Like I feel comfortable against them feel ready to go, um, you know, just going to be one of those things that the more I see him, the better it will be. Evan Carter joining us here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. I think uh, there have probably been a lot of rookies that have come into the league and and veterans probably just ignored them or kind of left them out on their own. But you, I mean, the story about you guys walking uh, out there at Houston's outfield and kind of walking the wall and the veterans going over some things with you, how cool is that that a team, you know, the veterans on that team aren't looking at you going, man, he just took my spot. They're going, hey, how do we help you win? Yeah, you know, I definitely think that that's what kind of makes us stand apart from, 
you know, other teams in that moment was, hey, like, you know, you didn't have any betterness on the team. Everybody wanted to win, um, you know, and whatever it took in that moment, you know, I'm super thankful for that um, to have those type of people around me because that only helps, that only is going to help me in my young career. Um, and, you know, it's, I'm very blessed to, like I said, have people like, you know, Robbie and Travis around me that were doing stuff like that for me. I think we all realize how important winning that World Series was for you, the guys, Boach, and everything. But over the last couple of months, when you see people, when you talk to people, yeah. or when you see them at the Dallas Car Show this weekend, have you gotten a sense for how important that championship was for this Metroplex? Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's it's just one of those things that people, you know, however many, you know, back in 10, 10 12 years ago, it's like, you get right there that close, you get a taste of it, and you can't, you know, you, you just kind of leave with a bitter taste in your mouth. And to be able to, you know, pull through, and, you know, we got a young group of guys coming up right now that's, you know, hopefully, you know, going to be a really good young core of guys for the years to come. So it's kind of exciting to, you know, set the standard here, and then hopefully, you know, it's going to be like one of those things, hey, we're here we're here to stay, you know, for the foreseeable future, and that's that's the way I want to think about it. Was it weird after the World Series was over and the parade that you got to sleep in a bed that you had slept in before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Gosh, I mean, I hadn't been home, and well, I guess since February in spring training, so it was uh, definitely was nice to get home and see everybody and see some familiar faces for sure. Was it? How many days do you remember that in AAA? Were you in a hotel the whole time that you were in AAA once you got called up from Frisco? And then we assume you're in a hotel every day here in Arlington slash on the road. Yeah. So whatever day I got moved from while well, I was in a hotel, the week of AA that I got moved up to. So a week before I got called up to AAA and till the end of the season in November, I was in a hotel. <laughs> so that was august something right wow. yeah Holy gosh man. yeah probably a week before like right let's see here, a week before my birthday which is august 29th so yeah you know august 20 something till november 1st i guess when you turned all of 21 in the season in which you won the world series yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey uh when it comes to like i think as Kevin was expressing there, you know, he, myself, Mike, we are all lifelong Rangers fans since we were kids, and this is our first opportunity to see that. And a big factor uh, for us, obviously, too, was Bruce Bochy's leadership throughout this. And I keep trying. I really do like hearing the different answers from the players because they all have kind of a, a different, unique way of their relationship with him. What is, what is your, your perspective on Bochy and his leadership style? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't necessarily get to see, um, you know, I wasn't there the whole season, so I didn't get to experience a full season of him. But whenever I got there, as far as his style towards me, it was just, hey, man, listen, like, there's no pressure. You just go out there, you do you. Um, and just the confidence that he instilled in me, I guess. Um, you know, hey, like, we're going to put you in the five hole. We're going to put you in the four hole. We're going to put you in the three hole. Like, <laughs> holy smokes you know like this is the world series um and my manager has that much confidence in me and that just makes me have confidence in me so that was kind of all him i guess just that finding a way for him to put confidence in all of his players i feel like i love the phrase holy smokes yep. because you made <laughs> several holy smokes catches throughout the playoffs and i was just curious because i had joked on air about it and i got a lot of negative feedback yeah. for making this joke yeah did you ever go back and look at any of those catches and say the wall was still a few feet back i might not have had to jump for that 
You know, I, I definitely think so, but it's just one of those things that it's like, I mean, I would rather jump and get it and then not jump and not be able to get it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that was my first time in literally every single park that I was playing in. So you definitely don't have a feel for anything yet. Can you walk us through the logistics and the mechanics and differences of being in left field as opposed to center field? And then also you just touched on, this is my first time in these parks. Yeah. Like how different do things play park to park? Yeah. So I, um, in double A this year, I probably played three games in left field maybe. Um, so I mean, I played 98% of my games in the minor leagues in center field. Um, so obviously left field was, I mean, it's, it's still the outfield, but it definitely was not somewhere that I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, where I play. Like, and it's fine. You know, I mean, wherever gets me on the field is where I'm going to go and I'm not going to complain about that a bit, but it's definitely, you know, took some getting used to just like while I was picking the brains of a lot of the other players. And then on top of that, you're going to parks that you've never played at before. They've got weird dimensions. Like in Houston, you're like, okay, like, there's this huge concrete and metal wall that if I get too close to running into, I'm going to break a shoulder or knock hurt. it out of place or do something stupid. So I just need to make sure that, you know, or if it bounces off the wall and I can't get to it, it's a triple. Like it's just, there's a lot of stuff going on in your head that it's like, all right, on top of playing a position that I'm not necessarily used to, I'm also in some really weird parts. So you just try and play it a little bit more safe, I guess. So, Evan, you'll be Saturday in Allen at the Dallas Card Show with Marcus Simeon, Josh Young, and Cody Bradford, so cool. four world champions signing autographs. I know Josh Young is a card collector and has had fun with one of his cards, putting, like, fake glasses on him and stuff. Are you into baseball cards, and have you ever done something fun when signing one of your tops cards? Yeah, so I've never done the uh, little doodling like he did. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious, though. Um but yeah, I really enjoy collecting cards. You know, I got into it. A bunch of my buddies in, in the minor leagues were really into it. And, you know, I'd never, I'd never kind of experienced that before. So I'm like, oh, shoot, like, this is fun. Um, you know, I'm going to start doing it. And then turned out my dad had a ton of cards from back in the 80s and 90s. I'm like, well, crap, dad, like, we can start doing this together, too. So now it's just kind of, you know, I, I've really gotten into it. And it's a ton of fun. Did you get one of the tops now World Series champion sets? And if not, do you need us to help you out with that set? <laughs> My mom bought like three sets. Yeah, we've got awesome. them. <laughs> excellent, That's excellent. That's really nice. We've had, I, I know we've talked mostly baseball and cards here, but there's been a whole bunch of people who are curious about this. And like, I, I love the shirt. I know a lot of people did. I was kind of curious about your jesus one shirt and how that's kind of played a factor in your life and your athletic career yeah so they um they gave us those in spring training this year so i mean they were just gosh they were i mean a ton of people in the minor leagues had them and in the big leagues too um and i just thought it was the coolest thing that whenever and i you know it was a shirt that i wore most days just like normal so it was no other thought to me of just like hey this is the shirt that I wear every day. Um, and then it turned out kind of went viral on social media, I guess a little bit. And everybody started, you know, Hey, where can I get the shirt? Like, that's super cool. And being able to kind of use the playoff platform, getting called up that platform. It was just, it was great timing to be able to kind of promote that message. Um, and I, I, you know, that's what it's all about, man. I mean, life's bigger than baseball, you know, just being able to do something like that. It, you know, it was really cool and the timing was perfect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was that was definitely something that meant a lot to my wife and I, for sure. 
Evan, there's a there's a lot of people that are excited about Wyatt Langford right now as well. And I don't know if your paths have crossed uh, at all yet. I don't know exactly what your relationship there would be, but can you kind of give us some some people that you spent some time with in the in the minors that you're like that dude's going to be a stud. Y'all keep an eye on that guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I've never met him before. Um, never talked to him or met him before. I mean, obviously we will in spring training this mm-hmm. year. Um, gosh, man, I tell you what, my, my two best friends, Tom Sajacy and Takoa Roby, I thought were absolute studs. Um, obviously they're not with us yeah. anymore. Um, but you know, it worked out really well getting Monty and Strat. So, um, but yeah, those, those are probably two players that I'm like, those guys are going to be really, really, really good. And if you had your say, you would really like Jordan Montgomery to come back to this team, right? <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? Crap. He was a huge role in, uh, in us being able to win, not just in the World Series, but all throughout the playoffs. Agreed. We've had we've tried to get Chris Young on the phone like every day just to give him a heads up about that. Man, thank you so much. Mike and I will both be out at the Dallas Card Show in Allen this weekend. I know tons of folks are looking forward to seeing you. And congratulations once again on, I guess, just being awesome. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Bye, Evan. Evan Carter right here on 105.3 The Fan. And I know people are asking. Have you yes, ever seen Mike so giddy? Like, look Ma- at him right is, now. Okay. So, and I know we're going to have to go to break, but I told Alec this in the break. This is the most nervous I'd ever seen Mike. Come on now. Like, we talk with Jerry Jones, yeah. whoever, and he's like, ah, I'll be fine. But Evan Carter, he's like, hey, did you did you get his number? Is he on the phone? Hey, when are the ads end? Hey, the like, these are never things that he asked. For Christmas, my son got me uh, Evan Carter, full count Carter shirt which is really cool. And then I was wearing it the other day, obviously I had on a hoodie, but then when I got home and I had it on, it's like, it does feel a little bit weird. I'm a 46 year old man wearing a 21 year old, you know, guy's t-shirt and being yeah. like, I love this guy. And I'm like, he's 21 years old. And he's going to be, he's going to be exceptional, man. And he's going to be here for the next 20 years. He's a oh good my dude. God, that's so long. He's a good dude. Is Marcus Simeon, Josh Young, Cody Bradford also out at the Marriott and Allen this weekend signing. If you want to check that out and you brought up Wyatt Langford. What? Uh, I don't know if they've made that official announcement okay, yet. Okay, all right. In a couple weeks, he is going to be doing an autograph signing here in the Metroplex. My house? Not at your house. We're the KNC That'd awesome. masterpiece. Be. That'd be called a private signing. Right okay. here on 105.3 <laughs> The Fan. No follow-ups. Coming up next, would the Cowboys, could the Cowboys, should the Cowboys possibly trade Micah Parsons? 877-881-1053. We'll talk about it next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Here in the fan. Parsons is lined up at left tackle. And Jones back to throw. Parsons coming. Parsons got him. Slung him all the way back at the 12. There's number one for the Lions. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan in the most dramatic way possible. Home of the Rangers. With the Cowboys. And two. Yeah. Could the Cowboys, should the Cowboys trade Micah Parsons? <sighs> Have you looked at the fan text yet to see I don't if there's know. a response here? I they won the division. Shocked. They're division champs. I was at Dick's Sporting Goods the other day. Mm-hmm. They have them Getting for only discount T-shirt. They're actually right now thirty three percent off. If you wait three more weeks, they will be ninety nine percent off. I don't know if they'll ever get that cheap, but maybe. I think it'll be seventy five percent off I, pretty that, soon. That I could definitely believe. All right. So <sighs> the first like few texts I saw and yeah. hit us up truckwreck.com, text line eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Also. Hit us up on YouTube and Twitch are in support of it. I have a feeling that that will change. I I feel like I feel like it's overreaction. Okay, but uh, and I guess this question yesterday, my answer was yeah, man, because I said blow the whole thing up, just, just change a lot of the pieces out. But now that you're bringing back McCarthy. Dak's not going anywhere. You're going to give this one more shot. I say keep him around because what you, what Jerry has said is I'm not trying to build a future team. Yeah. I'm trying to win right now. And I and he believes that Mike McCarthy gives him the best chance to win in this moment. And so if I am looking at my team and saying I'm about to shred it and I'm about to redo everything, then yes, I'm about getting picks, man. And I also understand the idea that you're going to take your best player off the off the team and think that that's going to make you better, whereas most people are trying to add to add yes. other players around your best player. So this is two different instances for me. Currently in this place where you are trying to run it back with the team you have, I don't think so because now what you need to do is add to it. But if I'm going to rebuild, then I'm saying all my players that are of value – it was good having you. I'm going to try and get va- get valuable picks for you and build an entire new roster. So, because I think you could get, I think you could get a first and a second out of Micah. Okay, if and not that, two firsts. That's what I'm intrigued by is knowing the value, the the trade value as well. All right, so Micah Parsons next year will his cap hit will be five point four million dollars, and then after that, you still have an option for 2025 before you hit unrestricted free agency is and last year over the cap had his contract value at $26.6 million. So you're talking about a player who at least for one more year 
will be probably 20 to 22 million dollars below market value and then the year after that he'll still be below yeah. market value and that's where i wanted to start while we go into this i think this is a fun radio conversation the one thing that we know is ever since herschel walker yep and obviously let's just give jerry all the credit on that one because he then kept doing those things later in his career after jimmy left so no, i mean he was consistent no he didn't, no, he didn't. but he takes all he Facts. takes the credit for herschel walker yet then he never made any bold move like that the rest of his life without jimmy johnson which is always interesting that that's how that's the path he goes down but just look at things don't listen if you look at it this is a fun conversation but i would be shocked if Jerry signed off on trading a player in his prime, getting valuable assets, sure. he just never, ever since Herschel Walker, the organization has never gone down that path. The closest they got is they traded Amari uh, Cooper for a 17th round pick. Okay. I, I agree about unlikelihood of making the trade. However, I guarantee you there are people who work for this team and are in that building that think the Cowboys should trade Micah Parsons. You think there are? No, I know there are. Okay, all right. All right, and so... Why, here, and, and did they? is there a reason? that is it because of maturity? Because right. I, do, I do compare this a lot to Luka in that he needs to grow up and be a different type of leader than the one that he was. Here's the thing that I thought out. And tell me if this sounds like the Dallas Cowboys at times. Micah is great. Yes. No doubt about that. But does he not also represent some of the issues of the Cowboys? He talks a lot, but doesn't back them up in the biggest moment and doesn't take responsibility for it and is still going to want to get all the money and get paid. I'm not begrudging him for getting paid. I, I'm just saying that sounds like this team. We talk a lot of big talk. Then when nothing happens, like I, I posted on our Facebook page yesterday, the idea that Jerry Jones used the word accountability in his statement about McCarthy, I think is laughable because he was talking about accountability for himself. Accountability for himself is whatever he wants it to be because mm -hmm. he's never going to get fired. So, like, that's like if you did a terrible job, if I did a terrible job, we would get fired. Fired. But that's not the case. And so, if this is a guy who, you know, I don't necessarily need to do the things for practice, I'll show up on game day. If he's somebody who maybe doesn't want to show up for media day, if he's somebody who's going Josh Hamilton's route and going off a of pure talent, is that eventually going to catch up to you? Or is that somebody you want to invest all your money in? Oh, wow. That's interesting because that, that last part that you said there, the Josh Hamilton thing, makes it feel like you're insinuating there's not a lot of study in, the, in what he's doing. Look, I, and I don't know that. I didn't just randomly come. Well, I did come up with this topic, but then I decided <laughs> that's true. But I did. Then I decided to start talking with some people. And I'm not saying the overwhelming sentiment is these things, but there are enough people who I had conversations with that I was like, okay, let's see what people think. And I'm just curious what people think about it because Mike is right. It's a fun radio conversation. But I don't think it's likely to happen. But you still have the time to consider it. And I wanted to yeah. look at this objectively. Like, if you think the practice thing, if there's other things that maybe he's not given his all for, if you think there's, like, doesn't matter, how does he show up in the games, that's all I care about. He's about to be top three defensive player of the year for the third time in his three years. And it's weird, too, because in, in training camp, 
we were like, man, he needs to not practice because he's disrupting everything the offense is trying to do. And then we're like, he comes out, he's like, I'm just trying to make the offensive lineman better. Yes. And so like, there is this weird, like when he wants to, you know? And, and this is, this is where I kind of run into the disconnect because I'm going to read this quote back to you. And, and you might think, well, that doesn't make sense. You should want high achievements. Totally agree with that. But listen to this. This is Micah Parsons. I think we can be up there with Ray Lewis's defense. I think we can be up there with a Legion of Boom. I don't just want to be mentioned in the Hall of Fame. That's a great accolade. But I want to be one of the greatest in the Hall of Fame. All right? So let's juxtapose that with what's happened in the biggest moments. Again, I don't begrudge him for wanting that at all. It is great to have high aspirations. But I, I just, he's not one of the team leaders and your systems function so much better when your best players or some of your best players are among the team leaders. I'm not saying every team, your one, two, and three best players have to be the team leaders, but he is the best player on this team. Or if you think Zach Martin's the best player, he's the second best player on this team. He is not one of the team leaders. And maybe that's because of age. I can't rule that out. But I looked back at the playoff games. Four playoff games for Micah Parsons. In those four playoff games, total 18 tackles, one sack, three tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. His pressure rate against Green Bay, lowest of his career. Now, counter-argument, LaFleur, he was prioritizing stopping Micah Parsons. He was sending extra help to stop Micah Parsons. I hear that. And I understand. And then not only just took him out, but then also took out other linebackers while those other linebackers are making poor decisions along the way as well. Exactly. And like that was, if I'm Micah, I was probably very frustrated with the way that some of my teammates played. I just, if, sorry, Mike, I I feel like I've cut you off a couple of times. Keep doing it. You're not. This is the team you, would would I say this correctly? And then this is the team you care about the most? On the professional level, I could see that. Yeah. Man, I do love the Rangers. It's pretty close yeah, between yeah. them and the Rangers. Is Your passion's coming out Exactly. Right Micah is great. Great, great. I also think he represents some of the issues that this franchise runs into in general. Is I'm great now. I'm always going to be great. Don't worry about it. Instead of, I'm great now. Let me make sure I do all the work to stay great or do even more work to be greater than that but he did a bunch of work this offseason right like that's all that's all that we heard was he wanted to put uh some extra make sure that he was in shape late in the season and so he did some other things to make sure that he was prepared for a full season going up against the big defensive or uh, offensive tackles and i appreciate that in the offseason i do i really do is it there during the season i don't know and that's one of my questions is he because you're gonna he's gonna get huge money whether it's here, whether it's elsewhere, he's going to get all of the money. But sometimes we run into the problem here with the Cowboys and a lot of other organizations do as well, that you're paying for some sort of inherent leadership that you think is going to come along with this contract. Yeah. I think we're going to make that mistake. I and think, I don't think he's going to be that leader. I think it's silly to compare him to Ray Lewis in this. Ray Lewis was calling out offensive plays and disguising things to make the quarterback go insane. Peyton Manning has talked about it. Like Ray Lewis is one of the smartest football players 
However, now he had a little bit of a different responsibility. He was not rushing the quarterback the majority of plays, but he knew where he would know by he would study so much that he would know things. And then he had another guy on the backside of him later in his career, Ed Reed, who would also know all of these things and help out. I do think Micah Parsons is a, I say Lawrence Taylor starter kit at this. Look, I don't think that Micah Parsons is getting coked out and doing all kinds of things. That, I'm not saying that at all. No, no, no. Yeah. And I, and you're not. And I'm just saying like Lawrence Taylor was an individual great player, but he wasn't doing like I'm calling just as soon as you snap the ball, I am going to go kill the quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's relentless. Yeah. That's who Micah Parsons needs to be. He needs to stop saying all these things. He's not studying. Like we know this from the people we talk to. He's not studying tremendously or helping out other. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Players on the team with their responsibilities. He is... Uh, a guy who is trying to get to the quarterback. And that was what Lawrence Taylor was the greatest of all players in the history of football at. He would just go get the quarterback. And you had to deal with, hey, he might be out partying till 5 a.m., if you know what I'm talking about. Like, But he's going to show up at 11 a.m., and he's going to do his job. And as long as he does his job, we're not dealing with that with Micah, but he doesn't have, from what we understand, he really doesn't have any leadership qualities that you would want from your best defensive player. But yeah, walking away, from, walking away from losing a game like that and just leaving, that's, even, that's something Even I, when they win yeah. and he doesn't have the stats he leaves. Yeah. It's all about him, which is fine. You can have players on your team that's all about him, but you have to understand that those guys can't be spokesmen in your locker room. It doesn't matter what he says to us. The players don't believe he's a leader. They just know he's a super great player. The I, I will say... I'm less for me. This move, this would be less about attitude, less about effort, and more about what his value is in the in the market. Okay. So for me, it's it's about trying to acquire as much as I can to build a better team. And if I have a good individual player, that's great. Can I get multiple good individual players that can be better? And the issue. Okay, hold on to that point for just one second because that's a really good point. The issue that you're going to run into, because I've seen some people, I've been trying to look, it's like there's a lot of feedback, is for the Herschel Walker trade. The issue is, like, the market for the NFL has kind of changed in general. But Herschel Walker, 1,514 yards rushing, I do believe, in his last full season before they traded him. But that team was also really bad. Mm -hmm. And so that's what made life very much easier. Now, Corey, you said... It goes back to this earlier when I was like, this team is trying to do it now. Yes, and you brought up a really good point that I honestly think is the biggest thing that is going to kill this whole deal is they're trying to do it right now. But if they did, if you made that trade for not only draft assets, significantly cheaper players. Mm -hmm. So that, and that's where it goes... And they need that right now. Yes, and that's where it goes into is, could you get somebody that you think could be... 75% 75% of Micah Parsons for what is going to end up costing you 20% of Micah Parsons. 
And I know that's probably not a fun way. It's crude business, to right? To do it, yeah. But that might be the logical way to build up this team. So going back to yeah. what Mike said at the beginning, I don't think it's going to happen. I would like discussions. If there are people in your building that think you should trade him, then I think that's a conversation worth having. Uh, from the four six nine, they changed his position but did not replace it. And that's something that I will hold them accountable for. They were like, hey, we're bringing back Leighton Vandresh. Everything's going to be fine this year. We're letting go most of our, our linebackers, and Mike is an in now. We have a linebacker and Clark. Can I give them an excuse? They did have their third-round pick who they were relying on get Over hurt. Sure. every If you talked about But anybody, it was before the season that they knew he wasn't going to be there. It was in training camp. Right. So they should have. they had plenty of time to make a move after that. And I'm I'm I am reacting very emotionally there. They but they had plenty of time to make something happen, yeah. and then they were like, "We're going with safeties instead." I do think to your point, Kevin, which the Cowboys won't consider. They're they are not forward thinking in this at all. You're about to give him thirty five to forty million dollars a year. You're about to give Dak Prescott fifty five million dollars a year. You're about to give C D Lamb approximately thirty million dollars a year looking at what the those positions get for the highest paid players they're all going to be when they sign their contracts Micah will be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL Dak will be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL in the next few months and then CeeDee Lamb will probably be the highest paid wide receiver yes. when he signs his contract I know that yes Justin Jefferson will take over it just it'll keep going up but if you start doing the math and I know you can manipulate numbers but if the cap is at a certain number and you're paying your quarterback 55 and you're paying your top wide receiver 30 and you're paying your top defensive player let's just say 35 a year you start running into issues that can we be great with those three guys, are they that good that they can carry at times weaknesses on teams because of the salaries that they're making? I think the answer is no, but the Cowboys won't look at it that way. They'll say, dude, do you know my kids want number 11 jerseys and my kids want number 88 jerseys? They, To be honest, maybe it's because they hear me talk too much. They do not want anything to do with Dak Prescott jerseys and haven't for years. But there's millions of people that do want Dak Prescott jerseys and want number 11s and want number 88s. And that's what's most important to this organization. And I don't think I don't think Jerry will look at number 11 jerseys and go, dude, they're selling out at Dick's Sporting Goods or at our team shops. We're not getting rid of that guy. The, the other thing, Kevin, I just saw you reply back to this person, but somebody said, can we have this conversation about the QB? And I just want to add to that. Sure. That goes in part of me also trying to get as many picks as possible. Hey, how many first-round picks can I add to this team? Because that, that's where I'm getting the best quality players in the first round. Sure. So, yeah, I'm I'm having that conversation about as many players as I can that have value. But this, again, that is a lot of work. And I got to be willing to do the work to go pick up the phone, call teams, not say, I'll wait till teams call me, which is a, a position of power. I got to go to call teams and say, hey, I'm ready to make a deal. Do you want this player or not? Because I got some value for him. Now, the other part of it is somebody did say, yeah, but they'll get you, you know, like a seventh round pick for him instead because that's what the Cowboys do. Yeah, then I'm obviously <laughs> I'm out. Just one more quick thing because people are asking about the World Cup. Is the Sun and the Daily Mail in the UK are saying that AT and T Stadium is going to host the 2026 World Cup final? We reached out. We have some cool soccer connections with people who are responsible for in helping put this bid together. They said no confirmation yet. That is just rumors.
So that's all I can tell you about. All right, right. well, but, tell us when Tattoo confirms it. <laughs> the, yeah, that would be awesome. I think it's interesting, though. Like, you made it sound like just things exist. So the Sun and the Daily Mail. Yes. Like, those, those, are, <laughs> those are newspapers. I'm sorry. Yes. The <laughs> but, Sun and the Daily Mail are big media, media yeah. organizations. So, <laughs> yes. You just made it sound like, oh, yeah, the Sun and the but Mail the told us this. said not today. <laughs> all right, it's time for Mike Likes It. Sorry, Mike. All right, so... I don't want to talk about a division champion. I want to talk about the Texas Rangers, who are a wild card team. You know what I mean? When we won the World Series. Yeah, I know. We but, just talked to Evan Carter. But the World Series shirts are 50% off now at Dick's Sporting Goods, and the division oh. champ shirts are only 33 How wild would it be if Matt LaFleur came out and was like, the Rangers proved to us that wild card teams can win? Let's talk about <laughs> MLB Network's top 10 now. We're having fun with this. Uh, we've been disappointed a little bit. Adolis Garcia is the ninth-rated uh, right fielder. Jonah Heim is just considered by MLB.com an average catcher, which was crazy to me. And Corey Seager is considered the best shortstop in baseball. So now we get to second baseman, the man who finished third in MVP voting in the American League. Am I dumb to assume he should be one because the person who won the MVP was not a second baseman? Well, you're dumb. <laughs> Number one was the number two right fielder last year, Mookie Betts. Okay. Yeah, okay, I get it. That's kind of unfair, but it is what it, I yeah. totally get it. Mookie Betts is one of the five best players in all baseball. I get it, yeah. And he's now going to be an everyday second baseman. So I totally get they're taking a top five player right now and saying, look, if they're going to play him at second base, which they are, he's going to be the top rated uh second baseman i think it's going to happen the same thing in center field they're going to rate aaron judge the number one center fielder in baseball even though he's never really played center field for the majority of his career it's mostly been right field and i don't know if you think this is fair or not i guess i have a little bit of an issue with the wording of their list then because it's like the number one oh, right now and right. it feels like it's taking reputation and past oh. more into account are you ready he's not second no it's jose altuve Who's second? Now, I pulled up these stats. Jose Altuve for his career, right? If we're saying who's had a better career. Concur. The only thing, and literally the only thing that Marcus Simeon has over Jose Altuve is career home runs. Everything else, Jose Altuve has more war. Everything. Like, literally every stat, Jose Altuve has Marcus Simeon beaten. But I went the last two years, okay? In the last two years, Marcus Simeon's war. 13.1 Jose Altuve 7.9 oh if I look at number of hits Marcus Simeon 348 Jose Altuve 270 home runs Marcus Simeon 45 Jose Altuve sorry 55 to 45 Marcus Simeon RBIs 183 to 108 Marcus Simeon stolen bases Ooh, 138 39 uh to 32 in stolen bases now all the batting averages uh, on base percentage, slugging, OPS, and OPS plus all go to Jose Altuve because okay. it obviously doesn't take in games played. Yeah. Because you have when you look at games played, Marcus Simeon the last two years is playing literally almost every game. He he, he missed had... one game so far, and that was he got really mad at that from what I understand because Woody gave him a day off, and he did not want that day off. And he just had the most played appearances in a season in the history of baseball. So what I don't get is he also uh, won the gold glove. Yeah. Uh, so did Adolis. 
They didn't seem to factor Yeah, well, in. I just, I, if oh, I. Oh, I thought you were saying like that doesn't, the no, gold no, no. glove oh, doesn't no, matter. No, 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 that's wow, a you big hate deal. gold gloves, yeah, huh? No, no, that's a big deal. That is <laughs> so, a big look, deal. I don't mind. Marcus Simeon, look, we love him. He's great. A top three second baseman. It, what's awesome about this is this. You gave a whole bunch of money to Corey Seager, and yeah. you gave a whole bunch of money to Marcus Simeon, and they're producing at their contract levels. Now, after the first year, we were disappointed because the team still lost 90-plus games, didn't look like they were going anywhere. And in their second season, it's like this, these contracts already paid for themselves yes. because literally <laughs> these two guys Agree. led you to the playoffs. And even though Marcus Simeon did not have the best playoffs – he did help tremendously and played a great defensive second base. I just, I struggle with this. Jose Altuve's, to me, a for sure Hall of Famer. Now, he might, he might struggle a little bit when it comes to the reputation of I'm all these things. I'm very curious about that. But he's a for sure Hall of Famer. Right now, Marcus Simeon is not a Hall of Famer. He has time to create a Hall of Fame resume. In fact, there's things that say he might become a Hall of Famer. It's just going to take him more time where Jose Altuve's done so much in his career so far, and he still has some more to go that he will probably be a Hall of Famer. But if we're saying this is where you go, Kevin, right now in 2023 slash going into 2024, Marcus Simeon is more reliable. He plays more games. Yep. He's much better defensively. Like, that's not even close. And then offensively, it's tough. It's tough to say a dude who is producing 100 RBIs in the that leadoff position and 100 runs scored. Jose Altuve, I'll give you this. When they're both healthy, I think Jose Altuve is a better hitter. The problem is with Jose Altuve is he's starting to miss about 40 games a year. Yeah, I, I have no beef with bets. At one, but I think two and three are absurd. I just, I don't know what the Rangers did to people at MLB.com or MLB Network for them to kind of get a little bit of a shaft on what they just accomplished. One Tolo uh, from the 903, uh, they uh, they think Smoltz is making these lists. So, <laughs> so maybe that's it, that. I need to read more I if if he's part of the voting. He obviously is part of MLB <laughs> Network and MLB.com, so he might get a vote in this, but it's probably more than one person making this list. Sure. But it feels like the people are not really respecting what the Rangers position players did. Luis Arise, great on-base guy, great batting average guy. Like he's fourth. Something, yeah. yeah, so he's he's fourth. Cattell Marte, who we played in the World Series, is fifth. And then this is where second base is not a high offensive production, big-name position. So when I start going over these names, I think people are going to struggle with who these people are, to be honest. Matt McClain, Cincinnati second baseman, not, not, was not on the list. Now, Andres uh, Jimenez, or Jimenez, I know him because he was part of the Francisco Lindor trade because they got their middle oh, yeah. infield off of the okay. Francisco yeah. Lindor trade. So he was number three last year. So he is a good player. Then you have Eduardo, um, I'm going to be honest, don't know him very well. Uh, Julian or Julian from Minnesota, not on the list. I'm sorry, I should probably know this guy better than I know if he's a top 10 Second baseman. Here's one that I really don't know, and then we play them 12 times a year. Zach Geloff plays for the Oakland Athletics. Rice and then Pilaf. Nico Horner, I know him because he was about three, four years ago a big rookie yeah. for the Chicago Cubs. You're playing on opening day on March 28th. It's really opening night because it's a 6 o'clock starter, yeah, 6.30 630. start. But 
that's your list of second basemen. So after you kind of get past the top five, which are very notable names, it's interesting that second base doesn't have depth to it, at least in my opinion. It doesn't have depth that you'd think it would have when we look at shortstop and right fielder. The lists are done until I believe Tuesday they go to first base. Maybe tonight is first base. But I know that they kind of take a break during the weekend. They any, let the any go. anticipation at first base? I think with the may, way it's played out. Maybe Nate Lowe would be eight, nine, or ten. Yeah. Well, eight or nine's acceptable. Ten, not even. Yeah. Oh, no, if even you're there. top ten in to be the honest, game, that's good. If Jonah Heim is a starting all-star yeah, and a gold glove winner, and I know, I mean, Nate Lowe did win the gold glove too and the yes. silver slugger the year before. I don't expect Nate Lowe to be on the first base list. And it's just the way that the Rangers, besides Corey Seager, are kind of getting knocked. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 